0: The following podcast is a work of fiction. All characters are the creation of Peter Williams. Any resemblance to someone living or dead is purely coincidental. Thank you. As the Delection nears its breaking point, Sam faces annihilation. And since she has no body to return to, well, what will happen to our brave little warrior? <laughs> And it seems that Mr. Alistair is ready to serve, as he gives Lady Cassandra a heads up about his true intentions, (laughs) while Maggie protects Jonah as he, well, you'll see. As we head into this Tentacle Tuesday, we get our usual warnings of graphic violence, child endangerment, and well, you know the rest. And this podcast may not be suitable for children under the age of 13. Now, as we start the second to last chapter of this story, with a simple name, and a simple cry for help, and a decision that was made 600 years ago that changed and reshaped everything, as I present Chapter 21, Uriel. Sam flinched as she could see that the sword was now cracking under the continued blows of energy. "'blasted by Cassandra. "'If that happened, she looked back desperately at Maggie. "'Feathers swirled everywhere, but she had yet to transport him. "'Did she not have enough power? "'Or did she intend something else? "'Maggie had spread her wings out and over Jonah, "'the same purple miasma now spreading from her and over him. "'As another blast struck her, "'Cassandra was laughing hysterically at the two of them. "'She knew it was only a matter of time.' Time. Of course. Jack's parting words. Listen to me, and listen very carefully. I will give you my powers, but only for a matter of time. When the end nears, you'll know the exact moment to call for her. With barely enough strength left to speak, she uttered the name Jack had given her. Uriel, please. Idiot girl! Did you really? Think that being touched by Grace would save you? (laughs) Did you really think he cared what happened to an insignificant bug like you? And what has being separated in time done for you? You have no friends. No one who loves you. You're just another tool for me to smash. Then with a pause, her grin grew wider as she added oh what fun i sense my servant approaching she'll finish off the boy and we will enjoy cooking you as a small meal <laughs> at that the front door to the flower shop exploded and sam could see a pair of red flaming eyes in the smoke this was wrong It was all going so wrong. But then Cassandra's face went from that of pure victory to one of shock as the eyes kept coming through the smoke as if they were flying directly at her, accompanied by a gritty voice that made Sam's heart leap for joy. Serving one! Mr. Alistair had launched Nicole's head off the edge of his axe and directly at the High Mother. She had misread the ex demon's surge of power as Nicole's own standing there in disbelief as Mr. Alistair grinned at her through the darkness with a youthful exuberance. What you have continually failed to understand, Cassandra, Mr. Alistair hissed. These creatures, these humans may seem insignificant and small to you, but when given an opportunity, they are more capable than all the angels in heaven. They just haven't realized it yet. Such sweet sentiment from a demon responsible for killing how many of their kind? Do you really think any of them will accept you? That boy is just using you. You will gain nothing by befriending them. At this, the very emotion that made Sam run after Mr. Alistair and into the vortex of time ignited with a blaze that pushed Cassandra back on her heels. Mr. Alistair, finally recognizing the spirit in the sword, took his eyes off of Cassandra. Sam? Sam? Cassandra laughed and used the confusion as an opportunity. Using a calculated blast of energy, she hit the sword just right, splitting it, the tip flying off and lodging into Mr. Alistair's chest. The fiery image of Sam immediately dissipated as Mr. Alistair stumbled back. Oh, two for one! That sword should be like a poison to you, Malinthorn! And now, now that it's broken, the fox angel is gone! That and her fear of that blade, and what it could do to her in the right hands. She looked around the room. Alistair was leaning against a shattered table. Maggie still sat over Jonah. Why she had never transported the boy or herself to safety made no sense, but alas, that was now to her benefit, and as much as the loss of Nicole's abilities were disappointing, she no longer needed to be troubled about punishing the girl for her rebellion. She had won. All she had to do was finish the boy, who... Jonah rose up from the floor, tears streaming down his face. He moved with a heavy sorrow, slow, yet with power and beauty. His eyes gleamed a deep amorest, and the bandages that wrapped his arm seemed to crackle and pop with an intensity she had yet to see. And perched on his shoulder, staring intensely at her, was Maggie. And do you really think this changes things, boy? Do you really think that even with all your abilities that you'll be able to defeat me? (laughs) But he ignored her and walked over to the fragmented blade, picking it up. He cradled it with a gentleness as he extracted the broken piece from Mr. Alistair's chest. A blue fire erupted from around his fingers as he placed his hand on Alistair's wound and spoke softly to him. Alistair stood up and looked down at the hole as it sealed up. To Cassandra, it was almost as if this boy was acting outside of his own boundaries, as he turned to her, holding the two pieces out as he placed them on the floor. Sorry, Sam. I failed you. His feelings were so raw they literally hung in the air, taking shape in some manner. Cassandra tried to laugh, but sensed that she was starting to lose control over the situation and sent a spike of energy at the boy, who just ignored it as it ran down his body and through the floor and scattered into the corners of the room. Something had changed in him. Infuriated at his insolence, she fired another shot, which he caught in the air and directed it away from himself and his companions. "'Enough,' he said quietly and turned to face Cassandra." You're right. I don't have enough power or ability to defeat you now. I can barely fend for myself, let alone for the ones accompanying me. However, a ringing sound pierced the room with a huge pop and crackle that made Cassandra's eyes go wide. She, however, she might have something to say about this. Descending through the hole he had created earlier was a true angel. She unfurled her wings that extended with a splendor that rivaled the sun. Her eyes burned brightly, and in her right hand was a sword of fire. She can't interfere! Cassandra screamed. She had never been so afraid in all her existence. The angel responded to Cassandra's complaint with complete indifference. My obtaining to what belongs to me does not count as interference. Then the boy is mine! That being said... Uriel, now using her free hand, raised Cassandra into the air. ''Luckily for you, I am bound not to do more than to return you to where you belong.'' Using her blade, she seemingly cut a circle in the air, and Cassandra could hear the howling winds and moans of the damned. The putrid smell of death calling her to whence she came. ''Go back to that father of yours, Cassandra. Tell him I am taking this boy under my wing.'' Piece by piece, like a set of Legos, Cassandra's body broke down and scattered into the dry, horrid winds of the waste. Uriel, now turning to Jonah, Where's the one who called me? Jonah picked up the Eos Delection and held it forth. Uriel frowned. I see. Blue fire poured out of her eyes and the pieces of the blade rose into the air. I'm afraid that the one who occupied this is no longer here. I'm sorry. The broken sword vanished with a motion of her hand, and she looked Jonah over. He couldn't help but shake uncontrollably. Cassandra had been scary, but the power of this archangel gave off, she was beautiful and terrifying. Uriel now eyed Mr. Alistair with curiosity, but said nothing. Instead, she focused on Maggie, who was doing everything she could not to be noticed, hiding precariously behind Jonah's head. Uriel smiled and called her forth, lifting her up into the air, the same way that she had thrust Cassandra into the waist. Fear not, she said. You have redeemed yourself by your actions here, but... Hmm... I'm going to send you and Mr. Alistair ahead of young Jonah here, to my home. Alistair looked up and over to Maggie. While Maggie didn't understand the significance, he surely did. Are you sure, Uriel, mine in this girl's presence may cause you some... issues? I am well aware of what it may do, but I have my reasons, Uriel responded with a look of, don't question me and do as I ask. I see, he responded. Then by your leave. Taking her own sword and drawing an image of a Solomon Gate at a fire, she opened up a doorway. Don't worry, Uriel said. Gorishin will not trouble either of you. He has been informed of my instructions. Nervously, Maggie flew over and onto Mr. Alistair's shoulder, and Mr. Alistair bowed and then smiled at Uriel before turning to Jonah. We'll see you soon, kid. Uriel now knelt so that she was eye to eye with Jonah. I've been told that you're something new. A chance, and a bridge between your kind and mine. While I am unsure of what the impact of this will have, I do trust Aldone. Jonah couldn't bring himself to look at her. He focused on the floor and at the scorch marks from where Cassandra had blasted the Eos de Lection. Uriel lifted his chin and made him make direct eye contact. Jonah, her eyes were amazing. Through them, he could see all the heavens and endless blue like a sea of possibilities. I had been asked to bring you to my home. It's a tower just outside of time. There, you can continue the train with Mr. Alistair, and your new friend Maggie can start her journey towards healing. Finding the courage, he finally spoke. Will she ever be able to go back to being human? She smiled. She has a lot of hurt, and she could use a friend to help her, especially when the dark moments rear their ugly head. Dark moments. He understood that. How regret could gnaw at you until all you understood was pain. I, I thought you couldn't interfere. Well, a long time ago, I accidentally did. There was a young man who jumped headlong into battle, not knowing what he was doing or who he was dealing with. He just saw someone in peril and made a leap of faith. That leap cost him his life. As he lay dying, I don't know why or what possessed me to do it, I gave him a gift. And over the centuries, he used that gift in ways I could never imagine, including helping Malinthorne become Mr. Alistair and giving it to that girl so that she could assist you. Aldone. as a result, has made me responsible for him, and now, you. Me? Jonah. I've been asked to make you my apprentice between Mr. Alistair and I. I believe we can help you with not only your skills, but with that sorrow and darkness that lingers in your heart. Are you sure? I mean, look at all the trouble I've caused. She laughed. Not all of this was your fault. Oh, good. It's ready. What's ready? he said, confused. Another angel descended through the hole in the ceiling, closing its wings as he landed. Mikal turned towards Uriel with a smile. So, this is our new troublemaker, huh? Indeed, Mikal. This is Jonah. Jonah? This is Mikal. Jonah's mouth just hung open. First, the archangel Uriel... Now the archangel Mikal, he just plopped down on his ass and stared at them both. Mikal laughed and held out his hand, helping Jonah to his feet. Anyway, Uriel, I reforged this for you as you asked. He handed her a long sword, about four feet in length with a hammer-shaped tip, although it also looked as if it could act as a key. Thank you, Mikal. Now, turning to Jonah... "'You and I are off to see an old friend of mine,' she said, reaching out and taking Jonah's hand. Macal laughed. "'Boy, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for that conversation. However, I need to go. Jonah, go with Grace. And we'll be meeting again.' Macal flew off into the air and disappeared, leaving him alone once more with Uriel. "'Now, Jonah... Do you accept my offer? Nervously, he replied, Yes. With that, she once more took her sword and drew an image of a Solomon Gate in the air, and her and Jonah stepped through it and into a cemetery overlooking a hillside and a long, flowing river. Cassandra found herself looking up at the hot, scorching sun of the waste. Home. She was home. Home. While she was displeased by how things ultimately turned out, she wasn't concerned with father's take on things. He would have seen what she had seen. Someone like Jonah would definitely be a perfect host for him. Where she had failed was when and how they had gone about trying to hurt and break him. They would need to start earlier, perhaps infiltrate the family itself. And this time, she could not rely on others. No more humans, at least not for this project. They were too emotional and unreliable, and in spite of their failings, Aldone and his word were still willing to offer them forgiveness, and that thought made her sick. Salvation. The only true salvation was Ekmalak, destruction and chaos. No. And then giving it further thought... They, however, could still be very useful. Especially the men. They were so easily controlled by their libido. However, while they searched for the next candidate, the next child to be born like Jonah, they would need a distraction. Something that would keep the sacred dawn. Alistair and Jonah distracted from their efforts. Something. Oh, well, that would work. And they had served her well in the past They had brought her reginald and those promising girls but to ensure their cooperation she'd need someone of her choosing at the top yes those pathetic worm-loving cultists if only they knew what their beloved igyatsu truly was ah the shock how amusing it would be when they found out ah well that would need to remain her little secret for now they would definitely serve as a distraction. And she could easily sway them using clones of herself. Now, she just needed to decide on exactly where to begin and with who. So, Cassandra has been returned to the Waste, and Jonah has accepted the offer to become Uriel's apprentice. And while it seems that we have learned everything that needs to be learned, it seems there are still a few things that have been kept hidden from your eyes. As we head to a small cabin above Sim's Divide, where an old man sits waiting patiently for the visitors he knew were coming. As we sadly come to the conclusion of our little story, and Chapter 22, Epilogue, or... Many partings.